Hello! Welcome to the Midland Makes Music podcast, a production of the Baylight Orchestra. Today, we're going to dive into a Western genre of music which demands a lot from its performers, opera. To understand opera and perform in it requires a unique skill set. And opera demands a high level of vocal skill from its performers for both its musical complexity and the stamina required for singing for a long period of time. The singers also have to have a full understanding of the libretto, or the script of the opera, and it may involve learning several new languages in order to pull off this amazing feat. The greatest operas are written in Italian, French, English, and German. The singers have to have a good understanding of the pronunciation, articulation, and meaning of these languages in order to obtain the most meaningful performance. Our guest today is Joelle Contos from the Midland area. Joelle chose to study opera at Western University, and she shares with us her experience of this wonderful genre and how it has helped her to develop her skills as a singer. So without further ado, here's our host, Hilary Brame. Hi, everybody. I'd like to introduce tonight's guest, Joelle Contos. Joelle is one of our local young musicians, and she wishes to pursue a career in opera. And we'd like to find out more about her studies and what is so special about the operatic genre. As you know, opera is a mixture of acting, singing, as well as watching the conductor and having the music from the orchestra in the background. So you're always multitasking as an operatic singer. So, Joelle, it's great to have you on board. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Now, what I want to do is to find out what local influences in the Midland and Penetang area that have inspired you to pursue these operatic vocal studies. Can you tell us about your connection with this area? So I grew up in the Penetang area, which is really close to Midland, and I participated in the Midland Wiseman's Music Festival pretty much my whole adolescent life. I think I started around grade three or four because I would take private lessons in voice, because I've always loved to sing. I swear I could sing before I could talk, honestly. I always participated in that the festival every year, which really got me to look at different genres of music. I know I participated in, um, we would do jazz, we would do musical theater, we would do pop. I, I think I did some songwritings too, but then my vocal teacher at the time, Victoria Thompson, really uh, showed me the classical side of singing which I slowly got into in Midland and I would participate and do a little bit of competing in that. Actually, Victoria Thompson is a very highly thought of and skilled vocal teacher in this, in this area. And it's great that you've had the opportunity to actually start performing because actually that is an art in itself. The fact that you're actually on stage and you're presenting something to a complete load of strangers, if you like. So actually to do that at an early age has probably set you up really, really well as you get older to actually become more confident in performing and actually, um, perfect those stage skills. So what I'd like to ask you next is where have you studied and is there a very special mentor or teacher that has helped you in your studies recently? So I've been studying at Western University for six years now. I did two degrees. I did my undergraduate bachelor of music and performance and then I also did a master's of music in performance and literature. I did study all six years under Jacqueline Short, a great teacher lover. So we studied, I actually went into school, to be honest, I have more of a sports background when I was growing up. So when I first went to school, I didn't really know much about classical music in the sense that I knew how to sing. I worked on tech. I knew a little bit about theory. 
I couldn't really play any instruments. The only instrument I had a little bit of knowledge of was piano. But I went in with just a love for singing. And I honestly was just really open-minded. But I just slowly fell in love with opera music, operatic singing through my time at Western. That sounds wonderful. In fact, actually, some of the things you're saying about mixing sport and music, they resonate with me because actually one of my favourite opera performers is uh, Pavarotti, the great uh, Italian tenor. And it actually, he wanted to be, become a, a professional footballer before he actually realised that he had a fantastic voice. I love, I love and then, that. wow, you know. <laughs> so it's actually, uh, I think it ties in to actually have that dedication to do sport and to actually have that dedication to do music. So where have you actually performed recently and how long have you been performing? So I started truly like performing opera when I was in my third year. The first two years was a bit of just like learning how to do technique and stuff. I was just really getting used to singing with um, such a different style because again with like pop music and jazz you don't sing with the same amount of support and residence that you sing in opera so you have to there's so much technique that goes into it so the first two years was just me getting used to it we'd sing a lot of juries and stuff but when I got into third year I started studying arias and singing operas so I got into I did I, I auditioned for the opera class at Western in my third year, and I got into the chorus for both Carmen and Pirates of Penzance. So that was like my first chance of really getting a feel for the art form when you're actually on stage in costume singing. And I really got to see everything that was happening, like all of my upper year classmates, I got to see them sing. And it was just so eye-opening that it just really opened my eyes to what you could do with singing in such a classical way. So I started with just singing in choruses. And then when I got into, when I got older, I did get the chance to sing as Peepo and Mikado in the first year of my master's. And then recently last year, I sang the role of Dorabella in Cosi Fan Tutte, which was so exciting for me. Obviously it was during COVID, so it made it a little bit different than everything else. We didn't get costumes and it wasn't staged and we all had to obviously sing with masks on. So it was just such a different way of singing, but it was so fun. Like it, um, it really got a feel for how much goes into performing opera in the sense that there's so much going on. The first couple big performances for me was, um, I would say my, my tried and true, the first one was Carmen as a like in the, in the chorus. And then my last one was Dorabella, which was very pinnacle for me. It was really cool. Yeah. And you know what? In a lot of these operas, people don't realize that you actually have to learn several languages. So, I mean, if you, like, I love pronunciation, of course, because obviously you've actually had to study some Italian yes. in order to perform the role of Dorabella. Yes. And in Carmen, I would imagine you would have to do it French because it was composed by Bizet. So the most of the Carmens that I've listened to have been mostly in French. How much extra time do you actually have to put in to actually learning those kind of languages? Oh yeah, for sure. So much time, so many classes, so much time just in your room, just speaking to yourself constantly, the same words or the same diction, just to try to get it in your mouth. We had to take diction classes and uh, language classes during my time at Western. So I did take, I have a bit of a French background. So I, I did French when I was in high school, but I did take Italian and German 
when I was at school. We also did diction classes where you just learn the uh, phonetic alphabet. So you can just get all those vowel sounds and all those consonant sounds in your mouth and know how to actually write them. So when you learn music, it's easier every time to learn the language and just make the learning process quicker. You have so much time where you're just speaking to yourself constantly, let alone singing it. I swear that most of my practice was done not singing because you just had to get all of the details in your mouth. I don't know if that's the best way to explain it, but when you're trying to learn a language you have no background in, you just have to constantly repeat it to yourself with cue cards on the bus, just listening. And then when you finally feel comfortable with it, that's when you get into a practice room and actually sing it. Yeah. And it's not just all about singing. It's actually that, you know, learning all those words, all that libretto, all that story that you're telling through different languages. One uh, intriguing question I would like to ask you, is there a particular composer or vocal work that holds a special place in your heart? You know, that's such a hard question because I think every composer (laughs) is amazing. Like you can always find beauty in every work you listen to. But I think if we go to more of like my tri- like my past, I think I would probably say Bizet. The first opera I ever really knew or I performed in as the chorus was Carmen. I know that sounds pretty stereotypical as a mezzo-soprano to say, oh, my favorite opera is Carmen. But it honestly is like Bizet. And I've sung a, a couple of his art songs and recitals from Bizet, but honestly, he's probably, I just love French composers in general not trying to be picky and choosy, but I've always been drawn to them probably because I have a bit of a French heritage, but Bizet, Ravel, Foray, Han, but Bizet is probably my tried and true just because it's the first opera I was ever in. It was the, I love him. He's a great composer. I can see the attraction. <laughs> you know, as a yeah. fellow musician, I can, I can see the attraction there. I mean, you know, people, you're talking about people like Bizet and Ravel, who are, once, well, two, I think, of the most greatest orchestrators oh, of all yes. time. And you actually to have that, uh, the floating melody line of the vocal parts over the top of that orchestration. For me, I, I'm having played sort of in, in opera orchestras and things. It, for me, mm. it's lovely. It's just yeah. absolutely glorious. And uh, there's no better way of spending your time, actually, than doing opera, I think. How many hours of practice do you think is necessary to sustain a, such a high level of performance? You obviously need to practice a lot. I don't think there's any other way to put it. I at least tried to always give myself the goal of singing at least an hour by myself, Monday to Friday a day. That doesn't account for lessons, choir rehearsals, opera rehearsals, coachings. But I always tried to sing at least, at least an hour a day for myself in a practice room by myself. But that also doesn't account for the practice work that's done when you're not singing. The voice is such a fickle instrument in the sense that it can tire out so easily, especially when you're singing at such a full-bodied sound. So you have to be super careful, but I like to practice at least an hour a day typically, but that doesn't account for the diction work that I do in like just reading the text or studying the plot in the whatever you're singing or the poetry if it's an art song, studying the language, making sure all your, if it's Italian, all your double consonants are doubled when you sing them or all your R's are rolled for the right section or the right one. Yeah, I would say you try to do at least an hour a day. Honestly, the thing about music is the only way to get better is to practice. So just if you have time, make time practice as much as you can. This is the only way to get better. 
Yeah. And, you know, I totally agree with that. And I like the way you've actually singled out there are two features of practice. There's that thing that that's a physical practice. That's the actual stamina that you need to actually perform or play. And you're talking about the voice as an instrument, which it is. It's not like a a violin or a double bass or anything like that. You can't just, they don't get tired. You just keep attacking them (laughs) in a practice room, right? So, I mean, but when you're actually talking about the intellectual side, as well so you always have that sort of yeah sit down with a sheet of music have a look through the rhythm have a look through all the various elements of music that are going to be difficult to work through unless you separate all those fine components and I think it's putting it all together is what a practice session is and thank you very much for for sharing that because actually I think a lot of people don't realize that there are two aspects there's the physical and there's the intellectual mental aspect of practicing. What advice would you give to young people wishing to follow a career in music? Joelle, have you any thoughts about that? (laughs) I feel so young. You just want to pick away at it. Like I didn't come from a super classical background. Like there's not a lot of musicians in my family. So when I first started and looking like I obviously sang a lot when I was in high school, when I was younger, but when I really dove into it in university, I was such a newbie. I was such a rookie. So every score I had to learn, every project I'd have to do was just so daunting to me because I just had no idea what was going on. I faked it till I made it because I was one of those people that was just constantly catching up because I just had no idea. So I just would slowly pick away at things. If you do the work, That's all that matters because at the end of the day, if you do your practice when you get on stage or when you're really nervous and you're like, you feel like your body's shaking because you're so scared to sing or perform however, on whatever instrument you play, like as long as you've done the practice and you've done the work, it really makes the process easier. So as long as you pick away at it, it can be a Goliath, but as long as you pick away at it, take one day at a time, take one page at a time, take one phrase at a time. And just slowly, slowly pick away it. It makes life super easy and you'll just find that everything tends to fall into place. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good advice, actually. And I think there's no easy way about music. Music is not an easy fix. It's not an easy life. It's one that you have to graft at uh, and strive. And I, I totally agree with that advice that you've given. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about the performing, are there any special venues or concerts that have been a highlight in your career so far? Do you mean one I've performed in or one I've seen? Well, either, really. Perhaps something that you've performed in that you think, oh, yeah, that was a particularly memorable part of my performing life. There's so many different ones I could think of. I guess, I think the recent one I was in where I was Dorabel and Cosi Van Tutte was really special to me just because it was the first time I ever got a chance to just sing a role. I really got to know myself and I really got to know especially with COVID, as much as it was daunting to not have all the um, advantages of like being able to be in costume and being able to run around on stage. It was so special in the sense that though we were all getting through a pandemic together, we still were able to like come together and perform an opera, even though like there was so much taken away from us. The colleagues I worked with, my classmates, like we had so much fun. It was quite an experience. I just, it was my first chance at actually singing a role. So it was so exciting to just learn it and get to sing with an orchestra by myself, like to sing an aria and have an orchestra play. It was so fun. Like it was so amazing. I think, yeah, I think that's one I'm really 
proud of being able to do just because it was so, there was so much going against us, but we were still able to do it. And it was so much fun. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And I think sometimes performing in the face of adversity, they hold a special place in your heart anyway, Yeah, yeah. because you actually, despite everything, you've got through it and you feel proud of yourself. And the fact that actually, as you say, it's having fun and actually making it happen as a team. And yes. it's that teamwork that you get from, so much from being, teamwork. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's like whether it's the orchestra, it's the cast, it's the it's even the stage crew or anything else like that. When you're putting on a performance, uh, it's that sort of camaraderie that is, I think, second to none you get when you're actually performing music. What are your goals for the future, Joelle? Are there any performances planned in your near future? I don't have anything planned at the moment just because with COVID, there's still a lot of restrictions for singers. I was supposed to pre-COVID, I was supposed to go to Italy for a summer program, but unfortunately that got canceled. So I've decided to take a little bit of time to just train and just work on my craft. COVID has obviously made music very difficult in the sense that it's such a live, interactive art form. So it's hard to enjoy when you're not around the community in person. But at the moment I'm training again, I took the summer off just because I needed some vocal rest from last year. Singing with the mask on can be very hard on the voice since I tended to push a lot. So I took a bit of time off, but at the moment I'm training, I'm working on audition rep. I'm hoping to audition for a couple of things, maybe try to get into another summer program, try to see if it, um, if it'll go on because I know it got canceled for me but yeah we're training we're getting audition we're getting our audition package ready and we'll see where we go well good for you because I mean actually a lot of uh, there's an awful lot of opportunities for you as an opera singer and ways of developing and growing in the future so I would say that your ambition if you like, to go abroad and study is also going to be very helpful, particularly going to Italy. You'll be able to hear how they pronounce all their all their words and actually get it really the feel, the essence of Italian opera. I hope that really works out for you once COVID is finished because it's not easy for everybody. I totally agree with you. It's life, it's almost killed live music to a certain extent, but we just hope that all will finish soon and we'll, we'll actually get back to normal. Is there anything you would like to add about the opera scene in Ontario from your perspective at this particular moment? Honestly, I'm pretty new to it. I just graduated a couple months ago. I just graduated in June. So I'm kind of in a transition period where I'm leaving the student mindset. Well, not the student mindset behind, but I'm starting to feel the nitty gritty of being away from an educational institution. So I'm honestly trying to find my way. I have a lot of knowledge of being obviously at a university, but I'm very excited to pursue music we're getting to know it and we're trying, we're going to see what happens, but I'm starting to connect with some new, some new colleagues and some new coaches and some new teachers. And hopefully that will lead me to finding my way in the opera scene just because I am new to it. I'm leaving that student mindset behind. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, that's great. It's always very hard once you sort of, uh, once you leave the sort of wings, if you like, that have, that have kept you yeah. going all the way through your studies and actually become a fully fledged professional musician. Yeah. And you have to look for those opportunities as they, as they occur. But mm-hmm. I'm sure I feel certain that there'll be a lot of things that you'll be able to explore in the pipeline. And we all wish you from the Baylight Orchestra, we all wish you the very, very best with your musical career. Thank and you. we thank you very, very much for joining us in our podcast today. 
And with all good wishes and hope you'll get managed to study a, a, abroad and grow from that. And thank you very much indeed for joining us, Joelle. It's been great talking to you. Yes, thank you. It's been great talking to you as well. That was Joelle Contos. Many thanks for sharing your experiences, Joelle. Opera is not often well understood or represented. You brought us a better understanding of the amazing world of opera, a very special facet of classical music. Hopefully this will be an inspiration to younger singers to develop higher skills in singing and artistic interpretation. On behalf of the Baylight Orchestra, I wish you the very best in your future studies and performances. Thank you for listening to this episode of Midland Makes Music, brought to you by the Baylight Orchestra and funded by the Town of Midland's Community Grant. Don't forget to check out our website, baylightorchestra.ca, or find us on Facebook or Twitter with the handle at Baylight Orc.